All right. Everything's working. <laughs> um, it's nice. I took a week off, obviously. Um, and I advise anyone who has kind of a hobby, a pastime, something that they started as a fun project, and it starts to feel like work. Um, I made it through the year. I think it was July 13th of 2020 was, was when I started doing this weekly, just to revive it, to see what I could do with it, have some fun, the occasional guest, but mostly just me rambling. Um, just during lockdown to talk, to get things out, maybe, I don't know what, but it felt like a, it was on my major checklist of things, and I know I've gone over this checklist a bajillion times, so there was different things going on, and we were in lockdown, and I just needed to talk more, whether there was someone here or not, um, and obviously, <clears throat> I can't remember when, but I've been back to work, so um, this some days, I know I was doing it on Sundays, and then I'd let it slide. I don't know why I made such hard rules on something that was meant to be, I hate the term passion project, it's just something to work on, something to do, um, something that I wanted to see if I'd enjoy. I can't believe that I started this. Am I coming up on three or four years ago? Let's look. Um, when was my first recording with, and I had Jason as my first guest and he's been back. Uh, SoundCloud. Let's see here. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't believe in having your hobbies become like work. I've learned that because work feels like work. And those lying assholes <laughs> who say that uh, their career is their end-all be-all. I'm just grumpy because um, what's going on? Uh, hmm. Oops, I did. My God, it's not like I type for a living. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just, I highly recommend don't ever create resentment in something that you're doing for fun, right? Like just, it's not a happy feeling. And so... Now I've reached that point where um, I just, if I feel like I do it, if I don't, I don't. Um, I really appreciate, I had some pretty good positive feedback on the last one. I think that's where I took the, um, what was it, the political alignment test, where I just opened up the website, and I think it was by CBC, so for as much as you trust um, media, but in Canada, I think that's the one that's funded by taxpayer dollars. So I think they're probably a little more even keel than your Fox news is <laughs> or whatever in the States. Right. <clears throat> so yeah, that's just, it is a huge deal to not become, and I've noticed this with, um, observing people, um, observing even celebrities or people who are really good at something and just when does I don't know you feel obliged to do it or you just 
push through it and maybe you shouldn't and so last week and I think I had had one on like a Wednesday I just I'm less obligated to or I'm not holding myself to this rock solid let's see yeah the last one was on Tuesday the 21st the one before that was the 12th and then before that I think I was pretty on schedule whether it was a Sunday or a Monday according to whatever I had going on so yeah the last one so I went from 12 to 21 so let's add nine days and now we're on the third so it's been a while two weeks we'll say two not quite so yeah just I guess the uh the moral of the story is um don't ever feel like your hobby or something that you do for fun or you do for whether it's relaxation or for your own mental health um don't let it become a job or something that you resent like a job that you just have that's a job um and that's not what I'm saying about my job. I love my job and I love the people I work with, but it's still a job and I have to go and do it for those um, defined hours between eight and five, Monday to Friday, right? There's, I, once again, I'm lucky I have vacation time and I have a good boss who would let me peace out and take an afternoon off or an impromptu long weekend, but not a lot of people have that um ability to do stuff like that and so i'm thankful for that but once again this podcast um three years ago so that'll be coming up on i wonder if i click on it i don't want to listen to it i just want to see when i posted it uh so yeah that'll be four years in november oh wow that's nuts um so yeah for me to granted I had a lot of because the last person in my house was February of last year so that's a year and a half ago um but yeah just I did the weekly and held myself to it because that was kind of one of my lockdown goals and what else the fuck did I have going on at the time so I just I did it weekly for a year and it was it felt nice to do it um but now I don't want to feel as obligated I just I sit down and turn it on when I feel I want to talk or do something um I do want to rebuild to having guests or a show that involves more than myself like a panel or maybe a rotating kind of what's the buzzword hot seat (laughs) or just like revolving special guests right um I think the me talking endlessly has run its course um I can talk endlessly but that's not the point of this right it was originally to have guests on so yeah year and a half ago was my last sit down with somebody and then we're coming up on what's October so yeah in a month it'll be four years holy crazy but fun I've had a good time I've learned a lot um I've obviously changed the name of the thing too but yeah it's been great and we just need this shit to end because i would like to have the sit down thing again that is still my favorite form for this um sitting down with friends or acquaintances um the last one um with lohi who was just um a local twitch streamer that i had reached out to and just said like hey do you want to sit down and talk about 
your journey and compared to mine of just plugging in a mic and talking with some friends and hers of hers is even more stressful is because it's plugging in a camera and being a even more of a personality mine's pre-recorded if i if things go horribly wrong i can delete it right at the end of the day um and i guess that's another thing that i'm decently proud of is that i've edited very rarely um i think once with trevor I had to remove the first 10-15 minutes because it was me complaining about my employer Uh, and the one with Joel by himself because he had work for what's the Star Wars dice game um I'm terrible and I also have to sneeze um Star Wars (coughs) good lord um galactic dice that doesn't sound right Destiny, Star Wars Destiny. So he had done artwork for that. And I think I had to delete out because I think it, I geek out about certain things still. And I think it's super cool that people I know are operating under an NDA with Lucasfilm. Like, I, what's the saying? It's like the degrees of Kevin Bacon, right? Like it's always six degrees from you to Kevin Bacon. And now it's like, it's, cool that in kind of this small city on the prairies we have such amazingly talented artists and one of them was commissioned to do artwork for lucas and or at least a star wars game i believe that's by fantasy flight um yeah destiny fantasy flight so they really pumped out a lot of star wars stuff because they have the rpg system with all the different dice they have i believe imperial assault is them which is awesome that's kind of the miniatures combat that you can also do a campaign or just single battles um x-wing which is the space battles that's super fun that's a small ship space battles i've never played rebellion and then there's the bigger version of because x-wing's the small ships And then there's a version that's the giant ships. But anyways, when you pay for the license of a property, go fucking nuts, right? His destiny is half cards, half dice. So there's some, I'm assuming that's to create some randomness to not just having a kind of Magic the Gathering style card game. I also think they had, maybe it was them, maybe it wasn't, that had the, like a living card game also. Um, let's look that up. Star Wars uh, Living Card Game. Uh, Fantasy Flight, yeah. And I think that one's out of print or done. I could be wrong. I think they... and Oh, Netrunner. That was one of the ones. But I think they discontinued a bunch of the Living Card Games, um, which I'm a bigger fan of. I like that when they... Because card games rarity schemes now that I'm an adult I didn't realize it as a kid and so it's so nuts that when you're buying like when I was young I remember the first year that Upper Deck made baseball cards like the first year Um, I think they're kind of the premier company maybe I'm wrong but when I was a kid it was like Opeachy um, Flare and then there was what were the ugly silver ones for basketball? Hoops, no. 
Um, good lord, I'm typing a lot lately. NBA basketball cards. I believe that would be 80s. Uh, I can't remember. But yeah, I remember the first year that, and even back then, I don't know, there might have been an underlying rarity scheme. Let's slow down. And so, yeah, NBA Hoops. I swear that's the name of it. Um, Let's click images. And so I didn't get it at the time. Yeah, 1990-91 Hoops, Michael Jordan, da, 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 1499. Yeah, so Hoops was kind of the um, preeminent basketball card company, I guess. Uh, let's click on the Gretzky rookie card. Uh, who is there a back to it? There is. And so it's the 18th card. Um, oh, it has French. Opeachy. So 1979 Opeachy. Yeah. Opeachy, Flair. Those are the old school ones. That was like the wax packaging with the horrific um, gum <laughs> inside. Um, I've completely lost where I'm going. Oh, rarity schemes. Um, and a lot of these games now are called living card games and they've removed the rarity scheme and they pretty much give you um, one or four, whatever you need of every card oh my god i just clicked on upper decks first basketball cards and i actually remember the box that's nuts but if you're my age um i'm assuming in the gen x range that's when we really got in like i'm sure the sports cards were a thing maybe before that but i definitely remember there being a boom um and upper deck was a huge part of that um, they even create um, card games now, um, aside from the sports. I'm assuming the sports stuff is just going to be their never-ending money printing. Um, upper Deck. Yeah, because they make the versus card game system, which is like a superhero version of Magic. And it died, and then they rebooted it and made it that... They, they couldn't use the term living card game, I think... Fantasy Flight owns that term, but it was just one of those game systems where you buy a box and it has everything you need in it. There's no randomness. And like I was saying, when I was a kid, I didn't understand rarity scheme. And so, um, upper deck baseball. And I still remember, because I would buy packs and packs, and then all of a sudden there was this Jose Canseco um card and it was like him in street clothes um what the heck was it called again and then that was the only one and it was the last card out of this set and so then you started learning as a kid like this is rare because i just assumed when they printed they would they would print like 100 gretzky's 100 um paul coffee's 100 grand fear hundred like all the different players at the time i'm dumb and so I don't know what year, or maybe if there was always, you would have to assume that it was a marketing tool, right? And so every year there would be these kind of fancier ones, and Upper Deck, to me, was the first time I noticed where there was Dream Team, Dream, I can't remember the name of it. But yeah, he was the only one in that one first set that they did. Um, baseball, Jose Canseco, 
was dream something, I swear. I like how I hit record and I'm then I'll choose to babble. But yeah, it was like people in street clothes and stuff. And then it was pretty much there it is. The dream team. Yeah. And this would have been coined before the basketball team. So yeah, it was called the Dream Team, and it was Jose Canseco by himself. And you kind of wondered um, what was going on. And then after that, then the next set had the rest of the other positions. So yeah, Canseco was the right fielder. But it was like, it was weird, because you were used to sports cards. And then all of a sudden, it's like ripped, jacked Jose Canseco swinging a bat in his blue jeans on a beach with this like rock and like beautiful background right and that's not what a kid expects <laughs> for like a sports guard um and so it was like what the hell and to me then it was like that's what in my head kind of clipped up the whole we'll buy more see if there's more of these and i wish i knew what year that was from um let's just look up baseball dream team or upper but yeah upper deck was the ones that Dream Team cards. There we go. Uh, upper Deck Dream. I guess I should have put baseball because otherwise I'm going to get nothing but basketball. Uh, 1991 score baseball cards. Dream Team. So it was 91. So it was bef- So it was probably the first time I... Like everyone would say, what's your dream team when building teams? But like 1991 score baseball. Dream Team. 13 card set. Yeah. So who are the other people? Griffey? Yeah. And so, oh my God. Some of these are hundreds of dollars. What the fuck did I do with them all? Oh my God. If you're a kid who collects stuff, do the 40-year-old virgin thing and just hide that shit from yourself. (laughs) Uh, Who else? Oh, there we go. Um, Ken Griffey, Jose Canseco, Kirby Puckett, Dave Stewart for pitcher, Doug Jones pitcher, But yeah, they're all like these imposing black and white photos. It looks like a lot of them are... Oh yeah, Ricky Henderson, so another blue jean, shoeless, topless, whatever. But like, that was when I first discovered Rarity. And then when I up and moved away and went to college, then magic became a thing. And obviously that had a Rarity scheme because you don't want the powerful cards. And so that's kind of the collectible card game became a thing and everything had now the word rarity scheme to any nerd is just a common term right or the terms common uncommon rare legendary whatever right it's just standard nerd (laughs) lingo how the hell did i get off on this right anywho (laughs) um holy tangent batman anyways yes so back to the card thing so joel had an nda for a card that he drew it because i think it ended up being like a convention exclusive or something like that so then how was that for probably 15 minutes long-winded way to get to why i had to edit something out of my podcast (laughs) and now back to the main point um yeah so if you enjoy something Um, and your brain is maybe a little burnt out on it or just needs a break, do it. Um, 
And then, of course, this week I'm able to come back and fucking take you through 50 dips and dives through what my brain is thinking of. And this was actually nice because now that I've kind of Googled some of these old cards, it's kind of a cool memory lane. Cause I'm assuming the baseball or just sports cards in general have probably gone bonkers, right? Because back then it was hoops for basketball, OPG Flair, because I think that was the Canadian-American differential for the same company. And that was it. And then Upper Deck became a thing. And then I remember score cards were a thing too. I can't remember. Um, score cards and then Upper Deck. But they all started, it seemed like companies, yeah, like there's the first Upper Deck Basketball. Um, and that would have been like 9091 also. And then the cards look cooler and they had holograms on them and they were just, they were nicer because like it was nice print on both sides, like old school hockey baseball cards. The backside was more like newsprint and that's kind of where the stick of gum was pressed, I think against one of those sides. I can't even remember. Maybe it was against the glossy side, but anyways, I remember that point in time, late eighties, early nineties, easily when someone somewhere realized that sports cards was going to be an easy way to print money to get kids in and then obviously a rarity scheme wherever it got introduced even if it was further back I'm sure they cranked it up yeah because score right they were the ones that signed an exclusive deal with Eric Lindros before he was drafted into the NHL so they printed a card of him before he signed in the NHL and so then everyone wanted his rookie card. Like, rookie cards are the end-all, be-all, right? Um, he never panned out, but... Well, he was still good, but... Just... the What probably became an extremely cutthroat business. Because, yeah, this score company... And kids aren't sitting on endless money. So then you got to decide. Am I buying score? Am I buying Upper Deck? Or am I buying Opeachy? Hockey was split three ways, if not more that I can think of. There's probably even another brand in there that was probably still the cheaper style, but, and then, yeah, and then it just kind of went nuts and everyone bought cards. I remember having tons of cards in high school because um, when I was younger, it was just the crappier cards and then there was sticker books. And it amazed me because when I was in Shoppers a bit ago, I saw that there was a hockey sticker book and that kind of, once again, if you're my age, um, there's pretty fond memories to like going to the store and buying a pack of cards and seeing who you got. And then you also learned <clears throat> um, who was on some of these teams that you would, because when the fuck is the Hartford Whalers going to be put on Hockey Night in Canada? So then you got to kind of learn all the rosters and just, it was a cool time. But once again, I've driven off the road and into the ditch. So yes. I've had to edit my podcast very rarely. <laughs> but yeah, so aside from me driving into the ditch and talking about sports cards and just collectible cards and game cards and just how that boomed and just even nerd card games becoming a thing, like it just used to be sports cards when I was a kid and then magic became a thing. And then um, I remember in university, there was a Star Wars game. There was a superhero game called Overpower that I still, I tracked down the original starter sets for that that I have sitting here because once again really fond memories um yeah 
keep your passions your passions i guess that's my public service announcement this week so i am not going to promise to any sort of schedule when i want to sit down i'm going to record i'm not going to disappear and let this become a train wreck because what did i say i think i had eight ten plays in the month of june before i started last year so we're not going to let this die um the numbers actually are really nice let's look at what it's been lately um stats but yeah it's gone to places where um i'm am more than appreciative of those who listen um i just wanted to kind of make this worth people listening to again and just not a waste of kind of clicking follow or downloading it onto your device or your car or whatever you listen to it from um i think i saw facebook now has a way to play podcasts through that too so that might even i gotta that reminds me i gotta sign up for that now um so yeah Oh, I should have recorded in the last few days. <laughs> um, 592 plays in the month of September, and that was only off of three episodes. And the high before that was 490. So, and I'm already at 100. Oh my God, at 113 this month in three days. So, I don't know what algorithm they're going by. I'm thankful. I'm thankful to those who've ever heard me and not shut it off immediately and given me a chance and then even signed up to come back um it's much appreciated so yeah uh don't hate your hobbies (laughs) and i'll chat with you later